It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Yeah, I'm Michelle Mendoza, and thank you for joining us for Sports Time Out. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to the guys who are going to take on sports with me today. We're going to get right into it fairly quickly. Joshua McMillan, he's our sports authority. Tom Fisher, he's a football coach, player, and a great friend of mine. Another good friend of mine, Garrick Pang, who's a pastor, a coach. He's going to play in a tournament in Las Vegas this week. And that's exciting. And uh, we were going just uh, off air. We're going to ask you about your T-shirt. It says, ask me why I, why I have purple hair. We can't really, you can kind of see the highlights. You were literally purple. Tom said it may be like a uh, midlife crisis, but you say, no, it's for a better cause. Give us the, give us the inside view. Absolutely. Purple is the color for domestic violence awareness and um, Northwest Family Life is an organization here in the local Seattle area. They work with domestic violence victims as well as victims of human trafficking. And they, um, they not only do that, they're trying to stop the cycle. So they work with the abuser as well as working with children um, because often it's, it's a cycle that, that continues. And so uh, they, they had a fundraiser back in November and and we raised on the night. Their goal was 100,000. Their stretch goal was 150. They get, made it to 170,000 that night. And I said, if you guys can get to 200, I'm going to dye my hair purple. And boom. And sure enough, there they it did is. that. There and it is. Moda Organic Salon uh, and Spa here in the East Renton Highlands in the Seattle area, they donated my haircut and color. And um, so it's it's uh, it was a great team effort. And uh, all for an excellent cause. There you go. Now that's playing for a winning team. I like hearing that. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Way to go, Garrick. I like that. Um, Guys, I want to get right into some football. Did you guys catch the game on Monday, the Bulldogs and the Crimson Tide? Fish? No, I did not. What? Oh, my gosh. It was crazy awesome. Did anyone but me stand mesmerized during that game? I mean, it was a nail-biter back and forth. And, oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, really, what a game. Well, it's it's everything that you wanted in a national championship game. I mean, the, the two top teams, um, Georgia, of course, had gotten beaten uh, just prior to, you know, it all by Alabama and so they were really it was a kind of a grudge match and so they were the underdog pun intended Um, and so they came out and it it was it was I mean it was a great game like you said Michelle back and forth and exciting yeah absolutely amazing Uh, and the emotional outbursts the are you kidding me stories behind it it was quite a game and and uh, Josh I think we were talking about this last week how we were all kind of excited at the possibility of unseating the tide oh yeah I mean they're they're the, the team to beat always right and it it's kind of the, the team on top is the one you usually want to root against because you're tired of seeing the same team win over and over. 
Um, and it's not that I particularly dislike Alabama or Nick Saban or anything, but you know, there's a, a little bit of a chip when, you know, especially as the Pac-12, uh, I feel often gets disrespected and has in the past. I mean, they weren't good this last year, but there's been lots of years where the Pac-12, I mean, we have games that start at like 1 a.m. East Coast time that no one watches, you know, even for, for top-ranked teams. So I, I tend to kind of root against them and, and hope for their downfall because I want to see a little bit more of that popularity and attention spread throughout the country. Um, Georgia's not that much better, but still, these are two incredibly talented teams going at it. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I haven't gotten to watch the whole thing yet. Uh, I still have it recorded and getting through the recording. I, I watched the recap for, for good measure. So I could at least talk about it, but yeah, it what a, crazy. what a game. It was, it <laughs> and was what, a, what a game. A physical game too. That's the, both of these teams play tough football. And I think there was one, uh, one of the touchdowns from Georgia was one where they're on the goal line and you just see Alabama literally getting blown off the ball. You know, you saw a guy like one or two guys like fall backwards into the end zone of the, of the def, you know, the defenders. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a tough game, a hard hot, hard fought rather <laughs> um, ended in a pretty good win for Georgia. Yeah, it was, it was something. If you haven't seen it, go back you, or at least watch the highlights. Are we going to see that kind of uh, level of play and enthusiasm, excitement as we go into the NFL playoffs? Who's excited for the playoffs boys? What's going on? He's looking pretty good right now as far as the front runner. And of course, you have Dallas too, but they haven't quite finished big, you know, lately in the last few years. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see how that goes down too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Go ahead. The the Cowboys are a little bit of a surprise. No no one was expecting them, um, which, you know, again, kind of the underdog situation. So, so many years the Cowboys were so dominant. So it's kind of nice to see them back in the mix a little bit. Too. Did you hear about this story? Yeah. Uh, Nickelodeon, you know, the kids channel. They are going to be broadcasting the uh, game with the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Seriously, take a listen. They're all excited. I think for this game, it'll either be on both sides. It'll either be Amari Cooper, um, CeeDee Lamb, or Debo Samuel. It's so cute to watch these kids get excited about it. But what Nickelodeon is going to be doing is broadcasting the game and they're going to combine augmented reality, curated animation, and then, uh, of course, they're going to heap slime. So it's getting kids interested in the game because the game, I guess, is not exciting enough. They have to (laughs) they have to slime it up. Ezekiel Elliott said that getting slimed after the game, he'd be willing to take one for the team. So I thought that was kind of funny well if, right on. Uh, if the game gets too boring they can always like switch over to uh playing uh, madden on there <laughs> <laughs> i like it uh, something else um as we go into playoffs i thought it was interesting to kind of think of the the main man of a lot of these teams it, going into the playoffs, the the quarterbacks guys, I'd like to get your thoughts on there. We have 44 year old Tom Brady um, starting his 46th playoff game. Wow. 
Think about this. Uh, two 23-year-olds, uh, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones, who, by the way, I think was a much better fit uh, for the Patriots than last season's Cam Newton. You got 26-year-old Patrick Mahomes, who's looking for his third consecutive Super Bowl. Uh, ben Rosenberger from Pittsburgh. Uh, rumor is he's retiring. And they kind of have a lot to prove. Uh, Rosenberger said himself, out of 14 teams that are in, we're probably number 14. So I, I want your guys' thoughts. Who's the quarterback to beat this playoff season? Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Yeah, I'm with you there. He, he's on fire. Yeah. But I would never count out Tom Brady yet whatsoever. He's proven himself time and time again. It doesn't matter who he has on the roster uh, uh, you know, they just all seem to gather around him no matter where he's at, uh, you know, whether they're, you know, a rookie or, or a veteran, you know, and he gets the best play out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, the playoffs are, are hard for me this year. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of things I don't like, you know, I'm not a Rams fan. I I'm not a, a Niners fan, although I think that they're one of the upsets that could happen this coming weekend is them over Dallas. I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, and you know what? I wanted to be a Cardinals fan, but I don't know if you guys noticed this. This is something that really bugged me, and but also made me appreciate about Russell Wilson. Man, Kyler Murray's body language, like when, when the last week when the Seahawks beat them in the in the regular season finale, you know, every play that wasn't a completion, it was just like this defeated body language, man. And like when Russell Wilson messes up, I mean, sure, we could talk about his issues with accountability and not taking accountability when he messes up, but he just pops up and keeps going. Yeah, you know, he's like, all right, that's fine. Let's go. Let's keep going. There's that's not like every time he like looks like he wants to blame someone has this like pouting attitude. And it's, it's kind of like the same complaints I had about Cam Newton earlier on in his career. Oh, yes. When he's winning, it's all, it's all great. When he's losing, it's just wears that on his shoulder. And that's, that's something that I think is an underrated uh, piece that you want from a, a good quarterback is to be a leader on the field, be willing to, to wipe that one off. You know, if someone hits a home run against you, but you're doing seven scoreless innings before that, you know, you gotta, you gotta just shake that off and keep going. If well you're a starter, you know what I mean? Well put, Josh. Um, and that, that really, that, that got to me and it makes it hard to root for, for any of the other NFC West teams. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Dallas fan. I think I, I like Dak well enough, but Jerry Jones is a menace to society, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and Green Bay is kind of, uh, I'm not a huge Rogers. Oh fan. no, I'm, I'm Green Bay it's all just, the way. I am Green Bay all the way. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my yeah. team in the playoffs. Well, you know where, where it has me ending up, which is maybe it's kind of weird. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going for Cincy. I kind of want Joe Burrow to, huh. to bring Cincinnati, even though they have one of the worst fan bases mm -hmm. in the NFL, uh, I kind of want Joe Burrow to succeed there because he's really come on the end of the year here. Well, I think this year's playoffs is, to me anyway, it feels less about football and more about kind of the rest of the story um, because you have kind of this undercurrent of things that are always there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers with his COVID thing, you know, Brady being the old man, you've got the the Raiders who lost their head coach and, you know, all these other things that we've talked about. I mean, with the chiefs um, just kind of, they, they look like they're maybe going to be out of it early on and they're, they're kind of peaking at the right time. So yeah. I Lots think it's, it, it makes the scenes it interesting. Drama. And as you say, Josh, it, 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 
it had it gives you different reasons to kind of root for different teams. Well put. But there's some other drama I wanted to get to today, and that's some of the coaches. There uh, at the beginning of today, there were seven openings: Broncos, Bears, Dolphins, Jaguars, Vikings, and the New York Giants, who fired Joe Judge on Tuesday night. But just as we were getting ready to air here, uh, David Culley was axed from the Texans. So eight openings so uh you ready to to step in i know i was like fish (laughs) that was an awful awful move by the way i mean i think that he was not given a fair shot at all the texans were awful this year but was it really his fault i mean they had to go without Deshaun watching Mm -hmm. that team has been mismanaged so awfully in the past i mean come on look at when they traded away deandre hopkins for like you know, an old sock. <laughs> no, no, no offense. I love David Johnson. I think he's a great running back, but he's not, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you know, we were just, he, they were just giving things away and they completely mismanaged themselves into the ground. You bring in a new head coach, which you give a short deal to, and you cut them off after one year and look at it this way too. The, the young quarterback that they've been playing this year, I think he showed significant improvement over the course of the year. Yeah, I think you can attribute that directly to the coach. I think that was an awful firing and what a just a terrible organization that they've taken over for the Browns in terms of the worst organization in football. <laughs> okay. Well, Brent, Brent just... often uh, comments of, about how how they are so poorly managed and and it, it seems to show. Yeah, what are they? The Pac-12. Ooh, boy, Josh. I had a feeling that might come up. (laughs) Something else. Rich isn't here, so I got to carry the torch on that now. There you go. (laughs) Fall on my shoulders. Make sure we know. Guys, I want to uh, I want to move out of football for just a second because uh, you know I'm a, I'm one of the few women who leads discussions in sports as a participant and not just you know sitting there as a pretty face just announcing a couple of things. And uh, there's a new article out by Sports Drop, the most beautiful female reporters in the world on and off the screen. I'm not saying this because I didn't make the list. Um, but <laughs> the, the funny thing to me was that in this age where women have had a really hard one place in sports and even in sports reporting, here's what this article says that these women are tasked with breaking through in a male-dominated field, spending their careers focusing on male athletes or politicians, and they have to do it while being respected as professionals in their field, not just as eye candy. Why is the just in there, first of all? Not just as eye candy, as though that is part of the job. And the next sentence, here, we put together a list of some of the finest female news and sports reporters in the business. They just happen to be incredibly beautiful as well. Oh my gosh, really? Are we still there? I'd like to get your guys' male perspective, because I think you know from my uh, whining here how I feel about that. Well, yes, I think we're it, still there. <laughs> it, it is just an example of how some things are changing, but some things will never change. And, you know, why can't we just have reporters? Because they're good at what they do. And and so I, it, it's I am glad I'm not a woman. I, I cannot imagine how difficult it, it must be for you, Michelle, because, you know, you... 
I like you, the difficulty. You bring, bring it on. You bring it in day I'm in and day out it. in terms bring of. Bring on the difficulty. Bring on the challenges. I am absolutely fine with that. I don't mind breaking glass ceilings. It's exciting. You know, it's like being on the football field and you're playing a game and you're behind and you're in the fourth quarter and, you know, the two-minute warning goes off and you're like, no, we still got this. You're fighting for it. I'm fine with that. But I do want to call out stupidity where stupidity is. Look, the Los Angeles Kings um, may have smashed Pittsburgh six to two at home on Thursday, but there was a bigger game going on and it has to do with women. Aisha uh, Visram made history Thursday working behind the Kings bench for the win. Okay. She became the first woman to serve behind a club bench in any capacity for a league contest. According to a professional hockey athletic trainer society, that's exciting. But did they say, yeah, and she's hot too. And I mean, was that part of her, right? Or even Catherine Raich um, is being considered for the general manager position for the Minnesota Vikings. Did she have to consider whether she looked good in a skirt? Look, there was no place for this article. I'm condemning it. And I just say, yeah, yeah it's silly. Um, I say this when we watch the NFL guys and you know that there's cheerleaders. I used to be a cheerleader. You know, I'm not trying to diss the profession, but when you see j- cheerleaders on the sideline gyrating, wearing wearing, you know, I don't know, sometimes kind of revealing sexy little costumes. All right, that's that's how we do it. That's how we do it. But now that we have men dancers in the NFL, they're not wearing those. They're wearing sweat outfits. What the heck? Yeah, I I kind of it, it's an interesting thing because as a person of color, okay, because I think there's some some similarities here. Uh, if I see a person of color who is a reporter or something like that, I especially if it's an Asian person. So I'm Chinese background, and so if I see a Chinese person who's in a position of you know that you're not used to seeing them in, I'm like, hey, that's awesome. But do you but, say something like, wow, and look, they're able to speak without an accent? <laughs> I don't know what you talk about. <laughs> um, but but the thing is, is that so so on one hand you want to applaud it, but then on the other hand y- you you don't want it to be that they're there because they're a woman or because they're a person of color, right? You want them to be there because I think things should be a meritocracy too um, for the, the best people to be in the job. And, you know, for a long time, women didn't even pursue careers in broadcast because it was all a male-dominated field. And so when people were able to do it and do it well, then, then I think that then they should be there because of, of how well they do. But yeah. sometimes, and, and here's the, the challenge, I think, is that sometimes you need to give someone a chance, like um, what's her name from Root Sports here, our local affiliate, um, Angie... Uh, when she did the Mariners, uh, when she did the color for the Mariners game, that one game, uh, I think she did excellent. Josh, maybe you can weigh in on on that side of it. But she had to be given a chance to 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 break in. Yeah, then and that's fine. I bring these women in. There are some that are really really good, just like there's men that are really really good. But having to be defined by your beauty, this is not Miss America. This is sports. Get over yourselves. Uh, another issue to uh, in 
news this week is uh, it was just been less than a month after coronavirus forced the cancellation of the 2022 World Junior Championships for hockey. Um, the Canadian Hockey League has just announced that the 2022 top prospects game has been postponed due to ongoing pandemic issues. We're still dealing with Jakovic, um and his visa um, on Friday plans to the uh, Australia said they plan to detain him just days ahead of his uh, bid to win a record-breaking 21st Grand Slam title at the Australian Open in Melbourne. He's the ter- top seed. And his doctor is like criticizing, going, are you kidding? He's super healthy. How can a super healthy guy be a threat for the Australian Open? Um, so this is that's another issue. Anyone want to address where you think 2022 is going to be going with the whole COVID thing? We're doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Josh, um, Garrick, Tom? They, they just keep adding stuff to it and contradicting back and forth. So, you know, I I really kind of try to ignore the news a lot just because of that. And, you know, anybody that I might hang around, you know, that wants to get in a controversial conversation about that, I just I would rather have no part in any of that just because – what they're telling me is one thing, and then they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, I, I don't want to wrap my head around it anymore. Yeah, it's 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 gotten to uh, kind of an epically crazy level. But Josh, do, where do you think we're going to be going in 2022? Sorry, you're cutting out a little bit for me. What am I, What do I think about what? Where do you think we're going to be going in 2022 with the whole COVID issue? Uh that's a difficult question. Uh, where do I think it should be going or where do I think it is going? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't know. I think people are getting tired of it and we're going to start seeing things move in a more reasonable direction here soon. I mean, there's been a lot of fear mongering over the Omnomicron variant. Uh, but the reality is if you look at the hospitalization numbers in Africa, which is under I think under 20% vaccinated there, even though they would love to be vaccinated, they can't get it because we're giving people 12 shots here. Uh, The hospitalization numbers are like right around 1.75% of infections get hospitalized for this variant in Africa, where it's largely unvaccinated. And those numbers are almost identical to hospitalization rates for the flu between 2010 and 2020 in the US. So it really is not is it's not really that dangerous anymore. It's not really something that you're going to suffer a whole lot from anymore. And it, this is this is the route that every major virus that comes through, this is the route it goes down, where it becomes more viral, but becomes less severe. Mm-hmm. That's the inevitable path of it. It's a coronavirus. It's going to be here. Ju- it's just another flu. And that's but what it, you know, that's, that's what fast. it evolves into, you're, you're even though it's about you know, much more deadly at first. But the CDC also said that uh, more than 75% of the deaths have come from people with at least four co- comorbidities. So really, if we're, if we're following the science, if we're following what the what is actually happening with it, not going by the fear mongering that we see from a lot of media and political pundits that are wanting to use it for political gains, uh, we'll see things kind of start coming back to normal and more so. and more things opening up. 
I hope so, but you're well, talking facts, and when politicians have power, they're not they're reticent to give that up. So we'll see well, what I, happens. And I, I completely agree with what you said, Josh, in terms of the fear mongering, um, because this is becoming far less dangerous as as we can see, uh, just based on the numbers, the statistics, the science, if you will, and and yet. And, and I think one of the reasons that hospitals are being overwhelmed here is because of the fear mongering. People are like, oh my gosh, I have a sore throat. You know, I'm going to the hospital because it could be COVID. And, and it's very likely that it is. So they have to check out these people. They have to, you know, and, and so that people, everyone thinks now, and, and we, we should take COVID seriously because people have died from this. Our, our dear friend, our neighbor, uh, her father passed away from the Delta variant. Yep. And, and so it is real and, and you have to pay attention, but, but this Omicron thing is, is far less dangerous and, and people are just so scared. And that's why I believe that hospitals are getting overwhelmed with people because a lot of people are getting it. And a lot of people are going to the hospital because they're afraid. All right. I yeah, I think that's a, a, a very, very fair point. And in what I'm saying too is, you know, the people that are at risk, 90 some percent of deaths have been people over 55 and 75% of those deaths have been people with four more comorbidities. So if you have those, if you're, you know, if you're part of one of those groups, then, you know, I, don't get mistaken. I think that in that, those cases, it's probably best you get the vaccine and best that you mask and be careful and, you know, be careful of those others around you still. But at the same time, you know, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's not have our our students in schools that there's been a dramatic decrease in the the acceptable education level of kids over the last couple of years. The understanding of where they should of the subject matter that they're on has decreased in some areas by like 20%. You know, kids are way behind in school. We've had businesses closed permanently, uh, economies destroyed. You know, yeah, lives, is... I mean, look at look at places like like Fiji, look at places like Haiti that really rely on uh, or uh, Port-au-Prince, you know, some of those African coastal countries that really depend on tourism as one of their only sources of income completely devastated while people in the richer countries all just stay home and it's fine. Yeah, or even and... Poor countries, uh, poor communities in the U.S. It's really awful. For the, the, a lot fallout, of the fallout of COVID is is so broad and or I shouldn't say the fallout of COVID, the fallout of the fear-mongering that has happened as a result of COVID um, has been huge and it's well, been yeah. devastating. You mentioned children and their mental health. Well, even sports uh, for kids. I mean, Fish, you, you're, a court, you're a coach. Um, it's affected the game. It's affected the ability to, to coach. Are you still with us, Fish? Oh. Yes. No, I, I agree. That's, uh, that's what happened to me with coaching at the high school was that, uh, COVID hit. And of course we didn't, you know, we had the season, you know, there towards the end. And then of course they, they brought in some other people and it was like, uh, you know, because I didn't get vaccinated, yep. and you know, so that left me, left me out of something I love and enjoy doing. And some of the things that we're not hearing about and not seeing is, why my hair is purple, right? Domestic violence in King County alone, I can't remember the exact percentage, but is up some ridiculously like 60% uh, 
during COVID. And so these are some of the things that that are just really, really ravaging us because of of what's going on. Well, keep keep thinking about it. Keep talking about it. Uh, this is how things get better. We did a show on Wednesday on the state of COVID and reminded people that it was settled science and the going practice of the government to spray down children with DDT, you know, like, like f- a fog and swimming pools while they're eating lunches, DDT all over them. That was what the government did until people challenged it. And those people who challenged it were called fear mongers. Those people who challenged it were conspiracy theorists. Those people who challenged it were called hysterical, that it was not, that this was settled science. This is why you push back. Guys, it's time for our final shot. Final shot. Final shot. We go around the table with a final idea or shout out. Garrick Payne, besides your purple hair, uh, do you do you have anything else to add? Well, I do, and it's related to that. I want to give a, my final shot to a, an unsung sports hero. Nobody really knows about her, I, I'm pretty sure, except for her teammates. Um, her name is Lacey Hargrove. Uh, she's, her married name is L- Lacey Lee. Uh, she's an indoor soccer player, but she's also the manager at Moda Salon and Spa, Moda Organic Salon and Spa who took care of my hair. And it was funny because I called the salon because my wife has been there in the past. And, um, and she says, here, take down my cell number. And her, she said, she's the manager and her name was Lacey. And so I punch her into my phone and I'm like, wait a minute, you're already in my phone book. <laughs> Cause I had played indoor soccer with her before in a co-ed league. <laughs> and, um, but she is just an amazing human being, just um, very giving. Uh, she and her husband own a couple of salons, and um, and they're they're just a wonderful um, contributors to the community and to the society. And so, um, my my final shot goes to uh, to Lacey and um, and to um, her husband Don, and uh, just want to thank them for what they're doing around. I like that uh, fish. Uh, mine goes along with uh, the purple hair, which is, you know, human trafficking. I, I saw a, a show on that the other day, and it's in, you know, the oil-rich countries of uh, Jordan and um, um, anywhere all in there with the uh, the Sheik and all them, where the human trafficking, I, I was shocked at how they're using poor people from Africa, you know, as to get a job working, you know, as servants for those people and then them not paying. And then there was, you know, an average of two suicides a day. And it's like one of those stories that didn't come out, you know, and I, I was just like, you know, I saw this last week and I was like, for real, this is going on at this extreme level from the wealthy abusing the poor, yeah. you know, in, in, in that manner. I, I just couldn't believe I saw that in today's world, you know, like that. And one of the saddest things is human trafficking, sexual trafficking is at the worst and at the peak level in the world during one day of the year during an American celebration. And that's the Super Bowl. So that's something to keep in mind. It's still there. So while we are, uh, as I had mentioned earlier, misogyny in the NFL, maybe it's time that we dial that back a little bit because we see the effects of that. Joshua, final shot. Final shot. I'm going to go out with one. You guys may not have heard of this, but uh, this last week, 
you know, we're going with the baseball lockout and everything. So players can't be doing a whole lot. Well, some players are deciding to spend that time giving back to the community. St. Louis Cardinals outfielder Harrison Bader has been moonlighting at an elementary school as a PE teacher uh, to fill in for a short staffed uh, elementary school there, which I thought was particularly cool going out there, giving back to the kids and, uh, you know, being, being a role model. That's what it's all about, right? Roll me, enroll me. That's awesome. Yeah, that really is great. My final shot, I'm going to put a little bit of it on the screen. Um, a big thank you to God from Georgia Bulldogs linebacker, Nakobe Dean. He praised God following the national championship win. But here's another cute little thing. Um, this is him after the win. And uh, he's he puts on the wrong hat. Look at that. What's it say? Yeah, he puts on a Crimson Tide hat. And look at his face. He's like, what? <laughs> whoops. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. That, that was a hat that was destined for Africa that was not yeah. supposed to be there. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us Hey, today. Michelle, before we go, yeah. um, people need to jump on your Facebook page this weekend because this Sunday – um, at Delta Community Baptist Church, which is my church. Um, well, it's God's church, but I happen to be the <laughs> pastor there. But we've got a special guest musical artist who's going to weave in music and scripture and and uh, just do a great presentation. You know who that might be, anybody? It's Michelle. <laughs> so uh, tune in, um, check up Miss michelle's facebook page and um she'll she'll be leading that service because i'm going to be in vegas playing soccer there he is he's he's uh, playing hooky he means he's playing the <laughs> yeah. game of hooky this sunday from church and yeah i'm going to be there leading music and uh kind of uh leading a musical worship service so uh, you can join me online because really it is guys it's all about the god story uh, our god is a good god and uh uh, just as uh, Nakobe there gave thanks to God, there are a million miracles that we experience every day. And you just don't even know how awesome each and every day God has intervened in your life. And um, in one way he does is through people. And I want to thank you guys for being my friends, my brothers, my sons, and uh, for being part of the show today. God bless you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Gosh, I wish we could see Josh and Fish Buster. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.